Welcome to Be More Super the Podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we are so honoured to have this this guest because The Expanse is one of my favourite shows. But not only that, she's been in the House of Sand and Fog 24 and even the voice of Goza in the latest Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's Shorey Ugdashla. Shorey, welcome to the show. And did I say your surname right? You did an amazing job. Absolutely. Thank you so much. The honour is mine. Brian, thank you for having me. It's such an amazing show that I would love to talk about it for the rest of my life and wear it <laughs> as a badge of honor. <laughs> oh, bless you. And you know what? I've got to say, I mean, what's it like doing all these interviews for the very last time, I suppose, for the last season? Honestly, it's a bit um, bittersweet. Sweet because all of us actors, we give an arm and a leg to talk to uh, highly educated, uh, you know, intellectual uh, reporters like yourself. This is the this is a great part of our job that we all embrace with happiness. That's why we're so happy to get to talk to to you and to our, you know, other friends. But uh, thinking that this is the last time we're doing it, it makes it a bit better. But uh, I've learned throughout the last decades that I have lived, that when one chapter closes up, the other one opens up. So the other chapter opens up. So that's how I look at it. But we all are going to miss it so much for the rest of our lives. And you know what? Never say never. Um, obviously, I don't want to ruin it because I've seen the finale twice now. I had to watch it twice. And um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. So I, I, I promise I won't get into too many details about the finale. But before we talk about the show, I just wanted to find out the last two years has been quite difficult for us all. Um, how have you kept positive over the last two years with all this pandemic? And how have you kept moving forwards? It's interesting, Brian. When it all started, I thought, this is it. Uh, we're going to have, I, I'm going to have to find a way to still be functional and useful and achieve whatever I can during the day. It started with cleaning up the house first because I wasn't working. And I, I discovered the stuff that I had not seen for 30 years. <laughs> then I started going inside myself. I'm not an introvert person by any means, but I started to dig in and, you know, now that I have enough time on my hands see what I'm doing where I'm where I am have I done the right thing or not and it started with that and all of a sudden I received uh, the offer to do uh, to portray Abbasola again in season six under lockdown under curfew which I embraced the idea happily right after I received the uh, message that hey sorry we're gonna do it no matter what we have the power to do it. We can do it. We cannot all be in the same room. Maybe one day you would have to come in and read for your role. So your colleague on, on camera can get to play his role. 
And that's what we did throughout. It usually took like four and a half months to finish. But this time it took five and a half months because of the reasons that our, our hands were tied. We couldn't do, you know, we, we couldn't all be in the same room. We couldn't go out. We couldn't refresh really. And we were all, it was from home to work, work to home. Uh, loneliness was, was hard, a bit hard, but knowing that we're going to work the day after saved me, saved all of us. We were so happy to be immediately after a couple of months after Corona, where we get to, we get to do it. But it, it was interesting right after it was finished, I thought, okay, I'm going to come back to Los Angeles and I'm going to give myself some time to bear with Corona. But again, I have to stay home and stuff. But as soon as I got here, I received an offer for, for the amazing TV series that I was already a fan of the flight attendant. Mm. And I asked them how they're going to do it. They said, under lockdown, under curfew. And I said, I'm for it. Let's do it. So my next question, Sheree, uh, is is going back seven years, what actually attracted you to the role of Avasarala? Because she is a, you know, a feisty character. It's really interesting, Brian. I didn't get, I didn't have time to read the script. I had... Uh, met with the curators of the show, uh, Hawk Ostby and uh, Mark Ferguson, and uh, in Palm Springs Film Festival. They're amazing writers. I love their penmanship. They've done um, Iron Man and Children of Man. So uh, we were three days we were together and they kept saying that, sure, we need to work with you. If any good material comes around, we will call you and we, we would love to work with you. We kept saying this for a couple of years and all of a sudden uh hawk asked me called me from yellowstone and told me that i'm here with my family first vacation after years but mark is at nbc and our only we have this tv series and our only condition for this is that you play avasarola and they're asking us if we have your consent do you mind giving us your consent in five minutes I tell you what the character, what the story is about. And I said, I trust you so much. I believe in you so much. Yes, go ahead, tell me about this story. She told, he told me the story and about the character. And I said, I'm on, Hawk, I'm on. Send me anything that you want me to sign. And, and he said, I never forget this. He said, sorry, you are not going to regret this. I promise you. Oh, that is fantastic. And then you yeah. get the role. And how did you approach the role, you know, from an actor's point of view to get into the character of Avasarala? Brian, in real life, us actors obviously are inspired by whoever the, the heroes or the villains out there. Our, our first approach is earthly. We're trying to find someone who would resemble our character and try to you know learn a few things here and there when i started all i had in mind obviously were margaret thatcher whom i'm a fan of and i know i know the <laughs> reservations against her and stuff but i adore her still as a, as one of the most strongest women that i have seen on, the, on this face of the earth and it was nancy pelosi hillary clinton benazir bhutto Indira Gandhi, all these women who tried to 
change the course of the history for the good of humanity and especially women. And that is how I, I started. And you definitely betrayed a very strong lady in The Expanse. And your character's um, story arc over the six seasons has been so complex, from being a suppressor of the belter for, uh, belters, from, you know, torturing one, one of them to now, you know, wanting to save them. I mean, what do you think is uh, Av- Avasarala's biggest lesson learnt over the last six seasons? The biggest lesson, I would say, um, to become more sort of understanding of the people, of her people. Uh, and, and I think it's that journey that turns her into a, a people's sort of uh, uh, politician and not a, a shrewd politician who's there to just to win. And this this doesn't happen overnight. This needs time. When we get to know her, she has already lost her son to a nasty war with the Martian, Martian separatists. And she's mourning over that loss. But still, it hasn't hit her that badly that makes her to get out of her place, her 24,000 square foot mansion, get in the middle of the people, try to understand what, the, what they need for you to do for them. In other words, in every democracy, the leader is chosen by the people. The leader is of the people, chosen by the people, and works for the people. And not until then, she would be able to connect to to the people out there if she wants to still stay in her own uh, world and just keep uh, ordering stuff. Not on, on the, not until she has a foot underground. She would understand and feel for people. And she started doing it because she's a smart woman, obviously. At the beginning, she's a bit spoiled because of, of her upbringing. But gradually and uh, slowly, she, she starts uh, to learn and mm. act accordingly. I mean, she's definitely a smart la- lady and she's very smartly dressed, I've got to say. The outfits <laughs> in the show are just absolutely incredible. And I think it's Joanne that, 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 that does your outfits. What I wanted to know was, do you have a say in what you wear as your character? And did you keep any of the outfits after filming? Yes, but I, too, I picked two of them. I, obviously, I loved all of them. But those that were very sort of uh, precious to me was, the first one was obviously the very first sari I wore. Uh, when when I went uh, when my character goes to torture the belt, uh, and the other one is uh, the outfit that I wore for the Martian dinner, which uh, I, I love and adore, and that they have worked on it. Joanne has worked on it a lot. I only had a little bit of saying on, on you know, these uh, making these or uh, preparing these outfits. Joanne Hansen, although she is one of the best. Uh, uh, designers, costume designers in the world. And she's what she does is really grand, but on the contrary, she's so humble. It's unbelievable. She's She makes these amazing costumes, and then when we look at them in awe, she goes, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. She's so humble. So every time she made a outfit for me, I would 
come in. She would call me. I would come in and I would look at the outfit and I would go, wow, my God. I never thought that you could top the other one that I wore before, but this is amazing. And she would politely say that, is there anything you would like me to add to it? If you don't like it, we can just take another route and do another, make another costume. But if there is anything that you would like, any changes, and maybe only once or twice. And uh, the only changes that I made was regarding the colors, not the uh, shape of the of the outfits. I love them all. But for example, there's an assassin assassination scene in season one or two, I believe. And she had made an amazing royal blue a costume for me with gold on it. And I just loved it because it was grandeur and it was the, the uh, blue was, was beautiful. It was that amazing magenta kind of blue. And I just loved it. I, I was adoring it. And she said, anything I can add, or if you want to, I said, yes, could you kindly add a little bit of red to the dress? The reason I was doing this is because I'm a fan of Hitchcock and okay. Hitchcock is one of the directors who knows how to use colors in his film. Mm. And he does that purposefully. Every time there's some dangerous moment coming up or the dangerous you know, person at home, we see red, a little bit of red in, his, in, in the scenes of his films. He, his use of color is amazing. And I love the fact that he uses red for, you know, uh, hazardous scenes. And that's what I suggested. And she said, it's a great idea. So she added some red velvet uh, to my necklace and cuffs. And we, you could see, and obviously, at the time of the assassination, they worked so well because I purposefully put my hand next to my eyes so you could see the red, you know, on my eyes, thinking that I'm, I'm crying, uh, you know, blood. But uh, also the other one that took us seven days, the whole full week to make a decision about the color was my uh, nightgown in the bed. Uh, right when, when Abbasarala is uh, giving, you know, thinking about either we should go to war or we shouldn't. The, the colors that I was supposed to choose one from were purple, pink, and uh, beige, sort of uh, uh, satin beige. They were all satin though. And every single night I'm thinking, pink is too suggestive. Women wear pink, uh, you know, nightgown when something mm -hmm. is about time. Uh, purple is a bit, you know, it's afterwards. Uh, beige is neutral. At this moment, Abbasarala is thinking neutral. She's not, she's not thinking going to war. She's thinking how to stop this. So let's take a neutral position on this. And we went with the beige nightgown. See, and I've learned now the different colors and what they mean, which is great. So you've kept two of the dresses, that two, two, two of the outfits. Uh, it would be really nice to see an exhibition somewhere with all the costumes and all the outfits because I just think that the detail and the work that's gone into 
this show is phenomenal it really really is so fingers crossed we'll get an exhibition very very soon so i want to explore your relationship with with bobby because i've got to say it's just been an absolute roller coaster and it's been quite nice to see it flourish and to change i mean how would you describe your relationship with bobby i would definitely say that Avasarola, the, the feelings that Avasarola has for Bobby is first up, Avasarola sees something in Bobby that reminds her of her own self when she was the same age. She sees that courage, that perseverance in, in Bobby that she's had at the same age. And the, the feelings, another layer to this is like her daughters are not close by. Her daughters are living their own life. So Bobby could be taken as for, you know, for her own daughter, the daughter that she wished she had because her daughters are living a semi-normal life. They're not interested in politics. It was only her son that got killed. The daughters are not interested in politics. And mm -hmm. some, somewhat she's a bit upset about that because they have disappointed her. She was hoping that mm -hmm. they would take after her. But now, Bobby, from outer space, comes to her life that reminds her of herself that could have been her daughter and is doing a great job. And let's not forget that she's trying to recruit as many young people as she can because she believes in her in their energy. Mm. I mean, I've got to say, the thing I've observed the most is that Avasarala has got issues with trust. Uh, with everyone around her. Would you say that Bobby would be the one that she trusts the most? Or is it a case of she still really doesn't trust anyone? It's really interesting you referred to the issue trust. Because mm. especially season six, when the characters get to talk to each other, their confrontations, they're all about trust, trust, trust. Trust me at this very last moment, Monica says. Like trying to tell Abbasarola, trust me, I understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. That has to change, you know, this whatever methods that you've been using before. It's every single scene when I kept watching them or reading them, I felt like, oh, oh, the issue is coming up again. This is the last moment when we need to trust one another. Mm. And you're absolutely right. <laughs> Bobby has a hard time to trust because mm. the way Oceans have been raised is not to trust anyone. Mm. Do your job, get lost, die if necessary, or come home. But don't mm. trust anyone. This is how they have been you know, uh, yeah, raised and, and thought. And that's why Bobby has a hard time. And Abbas, on the other hand, Abbasarla has a hard time also to trust her mm. because She's been around for decades. She's seen people betraying her, lots of brutuses in her life. So it's not easy to trust a young woman who just walked into her life. But she's trying so, to do uh, She loves yeah, Bobby. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but that relationship, though, is absolutely lovely to see. And who knows, in the future, we might see more, fingers crossed. Um, so my two favourite scenes so far is... The scene when you shake your hand with Drummer at the end of episode five. Um, and then my most favourite scene is when Holden is making his speech and you're stood at the side and you're saying something 
and don't it just makes do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, don't it, you it it makes me chuckle. It really, really does. And the second time, I was like showing my wife because I, w- I was like, look, this is hilarious because you could see the in your face. You didn't have to do anything. You could just see in your face and then the words coming out of your mouth. But the question is, have you got a favourite scene or a favourite part of the show that you've done that will always stay with you? There are so many moments, but... Uh... There is one that I cannot talk with any with any other ones. Uh, the one that with uh, with uh, uh, Aaron Wright, Secretary General uh, of the United uh, United Nations, when I find out that he is betraying us, and I try, I, I start scolding him, shouting at him, telling him that it's because of us poor public servants that are looking for some private sectors help at the end of the day that's why that's how a system goes rotten and i still love that line because that line is epic it's been this is what has been happening from the beginning till now and i'm so as a person i'm so bewildered as to why we cannot do something about it to cut hands that are not decent that are just working for themselves but Mm -hmm like private sectors looking looking up for some private sectors help at the end of the day um, the show itself mirrors a lot of what's going on in the world right right now it's really crazy crazy how it does um what lesson do you think the show gives us as 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 viewers um in the way of the world brian when we started we were told that uh, the story takes place within a couple of hundred years from now. It was 200 years, but then they said they don't want to give out exact dates, a couple of hundred years from now. And we were all, yes, we understand that. It's episode three, four, it looked like a couple of decades from now. Episode five, six, my God, I'm reading the script. Every time I'm reading my script, I have to have the TV on. But obviously, I turn the sound off. And I just, time to time, I take a look at the TV and see what's happening. And I'm reading about Avasola's debate with uh, uh, Gao. And uh, and all of a sudden, with the corner of my eye, I see Nancy Pelosi wearing a beautiful Max Mara red coat, sun and length, with a pair of dark glasses coming out, Bob card and I'm thinking of course she's trying to look younger and more energetic because she's now going to debate with these young people and she wants to prove to them that she not only knows far more than them she's not only far more educated than them but also she's got experiences that they don't they may may have great ideas let's do it together young and old let's get together and protect our country and all of a sudden I'm looking at Nancy Pelosi almost running the same lines and I am supposed to run in, in, in the expanse. And I'm like, oh my God, this is today. Mm-hmm. But what we can learn from it is, it's really interesting. This show, as you know, has received amazing tons of great reviews. But my favorite one comes from a real scientist. The scientist says in two and a half pages, he proves to you as to why 
if we're not careful today, if we're going to pollute our air and throw uh, trash into our oceans, this is what we get in the future. If we're, if we're not mindful today, even today, maybe too late. But if we, we, if we don't start today, this is what we're going to get for future. Is this what we want for the children of our children? Is this what we want for humanity to go on under? Or do we wish a healthy, happy, safe environment for our next generations to come? Definitely. Definitely, def definitely. And it's such a powerful show on so many levels. Uh, just a few more quest questions, Sheree. Um, sure. The first one, um, have you got any other books planned? Because I know that you've got your memoirs and I know that you was working on uh, working against the odds. If 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 I remember rightly, you uh, yes. mentioning that in an interview uh, a while ago. Um are you got any more books come com, coming out at all? Because because I have ordered your memoir, and I'm going to read it front to back, and I cannot wait. Um, but yeah, uh, if, 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 if you got any you more, you have books? such a good memory. You have such a good memory, Brian. <laughs> How on earth could you remember working against odds? Oh my God, you're amazing. You're right. Yes, <laughs> I'm still working on it. Uh, that's a sequel to my memoir. But it's not like a memoir, it's most like a, say, um, documentation of an artist's life here and there. Uh, chapters are not necessarily connected, but mm -hmm. uh, it's like a, a Marquez style, going back and forth uh, in mm -hmm. one's life and find out the, the moments or the sequences that could be useful to the others. For example, if I... Uh, visited South of France and I loved it and I had a great time. It's not going to help my readers. I want to do something that could be useful, say something that could be useful. Well, I don't know. It could go into like a travel guide, you know, your favourite spots and your favourite places to go and visit. So I look forward to keeping a track of that and obviously getting that book when it comes out. Uh, one last thing. I'm a massive Ghostbusters fan. I really am. And you did the voice of Gozer. Um, yes. Would you do me one favor and just say, Brian, are you a god? Because that would make my okay. day. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Actually, there are two sentences. Hold on. <sighs> Brian, are you a god? Are you prepared to die? That is it. I have literally <laughs> died and gone to heaven. I really have. But show rate, it's been absolutely such a pleasure. And I just think all the work that you've done from the House of Sand and Fog to 24, which I'm one of the biggest fans of, I, I just think you're wonderful. And you're just magnetic on screen. You literally cannot take your eyes off, off you. And I can listen to you all day. So please keep safe keep working hard and i'm going to enjoy everything that you release in the future and i can't wait to read Thank your you. book once it's out
You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share it with your super friends. In my world, it means hope.